Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is C. James Jensen. He is author of Expand the Power of Your Subconscious Mind. Harness the wisdom of your subconscious with this modern interpretation of the timeless teachings featured in Dr. Joseph Murphy's definitive classic, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. Now, with expanded commentary and updated practices, providing a practical toolkit to help you manifest your deepest desires. Since its publication in 1963, Dr. Joseph Murphy's The Power of Your Subconscious Mind has sold millions of copies worldwide and continues to draw new generations of fans every year. Now, life coach and consultant Jim Jensen supplements Dr. Murphy's authoritative book, with fresh lessons and a modern toolkit of practices such as affirmation, visualization, meditation, and leadership skills to help you harness your subconscious to live your best life. For more information, you can visit his website, which is cjamesjensen.com. And that's the letter C, then James Jensen, J-E-N-S-E-N.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Jim to the show. Good day, sir. Well, good day to you, Robert. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be on your show. Thank you. I'm I'm uh, real happy to have you here and, and, and share your insight and, and your experience about um, the power of the subconscious mind. So, um, I, I guess we should probably start with: um, Can you share with us what what's your background and you know what kind of led you? to the point of writing this book? Well, that's a good question. And uh, I got off to an early start, my senior year in college, at the ripe old age of 20, I began selling Encyclopedia Britannica. And within just a few years, I was one of the top salespeople in the company. And at the age of 25, the company sent my wife and me to Sydney Australia, where I was in charge of sales for all of Australia and New Zealand. And in January, two years later, uh, I was promoted to be in charge of worldwide sales and was sent back to the corporate headquarters in Chicago. And people would always say, Jim, you know, what do you attribute to your success? And I'd just use a bunch of adjectives. I'd say, well, you know, I've got a great attitude. I'm very enthusiastic. I work hard. You know, and they'd kind of look at me like I was a caged animal. (laughs) And uh, in hindsight, I I can't imagine that that had much influence or effect on them. But while we were living in Australia, a lot of our friends from Seattle, where my wife and I were both raised, said, you've got to go through this four-day seminar called Omega. And I thought, well, we're not going to fly from Australia to go through that, but when we get back to the States will do that. And when we got back in actually October of 1969, we flew from Chicago to San Diego 
to attend this four-day seminar taught by its founder, John Boyle. The seminar's name was Omega. And for the first time, I really understood the tools uh, behind performance. And in a way that I could share this <clears throat> with others, I was so enthused, and not just performance in one's work, but in relationships, in parenting, teaching, coaching, our physical health. And at the end of the seminar, I went up to John Boyle, the founder of Omega, and affectionately poked him in the chest, not too gently. And I said, <laughs> John, someday I'm going to teach your seminar, and someday I'm going to own your company. And he looked at me and kind of smiled and said, yeah, right, kid, you know. But 18 years later, that all came to pass. And I owned <clears throat> Omega for over 11 years and taught multiple, multiple seminars while still uh, running other companies and organizations. And I did uh, have a full-time president at Omega. And uh, I have just continued to study. I've been attracted to this area, much like you, I'm sure, in your areas of growth, and there's so much new commentary in this field of thought. Murphy, you know, wrote his book in uh, 1963. Oh, and I used to say to John Boyle, uh, where did you learn all of this? And all he would ever say is, <clears throat> I studied with a gentleman by the name of Joseph Murphy. Well, he didn't tell me he'd written a book, and you, there was no Internet. You couldn't Google Joseph Murphy. <laughs> And it wasn't until uh -huh. 2000. It wasn't until 2004. We were living in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and one of my colleagues came into my office one day, and he said, "You know, Jim, I've heard you speak, and I thought you might enjoy this book." And he puts this book on my desk called "The Power of Your Subconscious Mind" by Joseph Murphy. And I thought, "Oh my God, you know, could this be the same Joseph Murphy?" And in fact, it was. And I called the publisher, uh, and we chatted a little bit. And by the way, he's he was in the Carolinas, where I think you are. And uh, I said, would you have any <clears throat> interest in selling the rights to Murphy's book? And he kind of laughed. He said, J.M., he said, you seem like a nice guy, but you need to know this book is in public domain, and anybody right. can print it. And today I think there's five different publishers with 23 different covers of Murphy's original book. Murphy passed in 1981, and his book is just in public domain. So the fact that I'd continued to go to workshops, read additional books, you know, by Bruce Lipton, uh, Tim Galway, who wrote The Inner Game of Tennis. I was on the board of directors of the Institute of Noetic Sciences for 11 years and oh was blessed, blessed, I'm still a life director, and blessed to be around so many talented minds and, I, and, and we always would talk about this, and I just said, you know, there's an opportunity to bring Joseph Murphy's work into the 21st century and update it with all of the new things that have been developed since then to complement his basic teachings. And thus the title of the book, published by Simon & Schuster, uh, expand the power of your subconscious mind. That's a long-winded answer to your question, but that's <laughs> the history and how it kind of 
got inside my soul, and uh, I still to this day just continue to read everything I can get my hands on, and I'm, I think, much like yourself, probably a, a lifelong student as much as a teacher. <laughs> Right, exactly, exactly, and and um, yeah, it, it's interesting um, uh, to see um, interest in in his original work. You know, obviously with with so many different versions um, out there. Now, uh, what would you say was the are the um, the aspects um, of the book that were updated. I mean, is, is, is are there some? Is it basic thought principles, or is it more exercises? What in what areas were the updates kind of needed? Well, I think we expanded the emphasis. Murphy talks about the two areas of the mind: the conscious and the subconscious. And as we know, our conscious mind is the one doing all the thinking nonstop. Your listeners right now and all day long talk to themselves, all of us do, at the rate of 150 to 300 words a minute over 50,000 thoughts a day. And right now as your listeners are listening to what we have to say, they're thinking, you know, what am I going to do tonight? What are we going to do for dinner? You know, and all these other things that just continuously ramble through the conscious area of the mind. The subconscious, even in our schools today, is still predominantly defined as that part of us which handles our bodily functions. It grows our hair, it grows our nails, it digests our food, it heals a wound, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But what not is generally taught, and this is what I think I have expanded on in this book, is that the subconscious is a wonderful, wonderful tool that acts as a servo mechanism carrying out the instructions given to it by the conscious area of the mind. It's totally non-judgmental. So it will work just as hard to achieve a negative instruction as it will a positive instruction. If somebody says, Gosh, I don't know why, but every time I get in front of a group, I get so nervous, I lose my place, and subconscious says, hey, boss, we got it. We'll we'll make sure you do. Don't worry about it. And the example that Murphy uses in his book, which I think is so good, he said is to visualize an ocean liner going across the sea, and the conscious area of the mind would be like the captain up in the helm of the ship barking out signals to the crew, full speed ahead, port starboard, 10 degrees north, and the crew would be like the subconscious down in the hold of the ship below the water level, can't even see where the ship is going. They simply respond, aye, aye, sir, carrying out the orders, not minding whether it runs the ship into the rocks, hits another vessel, Mm -hmm. or gets it safely to its destination. So we, no pun intended, expand substantially on other functions, uh, some of which we can discuss in this show, of the subconscious. But I I would say that for no other reason, uh, if this is new experience to some of your listeners, which I assume it could be, then 
purchase a copy of Expand, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind, and it will be a wonderful, wonderful teaching mechanism, not mechanism not just for yourself, but uh, to the extent you have children, employees in your company. Uh, it, it's been a phenomenal uh, unveilment to me. And there's many other yeah. things that we could discuss, but we have limited time on your show. So I think that is the most significant thing. Uh, but yeah. there are several others that we can discuss. And by the way, there's also a third area of the mind, which we uh, added to the book, which is the supraconscious. Not super, but supraconscious. And I can talk about that uh, later on in our show, but I wanted to answer your question specifically. Right. Right. Well, that's good. And, you know, I, and, and as a matter of fact, I mean, I don't want to let that one go by, the, the supraconscious, because, you know, a lot of people have heard about conscious and subconscious, but superconscious may be um, something new for them. So why don't we just talk about that right now? Exactly what is that? All right. Well, let's look at at our mind and let's Mm -hmm. look at it in in three different parts. One, the conscious area, which Mm -hmm. we just briefly discussed. The subconscious, which is the cerebral mechanism carrying out the instructions. And by the way, the subconscious operates 24-7. So when we're sound asleep, it's still working on problems we've assigned to it, and da 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 da. And then the supraconscious, supra means above consciousness, is the belief. And once we start to use this, it it uh, is no longer something we think is just a possibility. We know it is true, and I'll share with the audience an experience they probably all had with the superconscious in just a moment. But the superconscious has access, and this is a big step for a lot of people, to virtually all knowledge in the universe. And we've all had times where we've been working on a problem and we just keep coming up with responses that aren't what we want. You know, we just say, no, that's not how, and we keep thinking, and we just keep kind of dwelling on it. And then maybe at some point when we're out going for a walk, playing a game of golf, not thinking about the problem, we get this blinding flash of the obvious. You know, uh, why couldn't we da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da? And often we'll say to ourselves, why didn't I think of that? You know, well, who did? Mm-hmm. Because it's a, it's a perfect solution. So we provide tools and mechanisms on how to use this. I'll share one cute story. Uh, uh, I was in Portland, Oregon and CEO uh, and chairman of a company and we became the largest company in our industry, grew from a less than $10 million a year in revenues to over $100 million in seven years and we were working uh, on a marketing issue that we seemed that we needed some additional guidance and on a Friday I brought six or seven of our marketing directors and and experts in the field of marketing into a meeting. And I invited our corporate secretary, a lady, to come in and simply take some notes for this meeting. And I said, okay, look, we've spent enough time on this, and uh, we haven't got the answer that we want what I'd like. And by the way, all these people had been through the training that we're talking about here mm-hmm. and knew about the superconscious. I said, let's turn this over to the supraconscious 
uh, over the weekend and Monday. Let's regroup at 10 o'clock, and let's hear the perfect solution. So we regroup Monday at 10 o'clock in the morning, and I said, okay, what's the answer to our marketing dilemma? And the person who spoke up was our female corporate secretary, who probably couldn't spell marketing, but she said, you know, Jim, I was... I was working in the garden over the weekend, and this thought came to me, why couldn't we, and she goes, you know, one, two, three, four, five, and all the marketing geniuses, including myself, almost fell out of our chair and said, oh, my God, that's the perfect solution. And uh, I'll share one experience that probably everybody listening to this call today has had with the superconscious. Let's say we're going on a trip. We have an early morning flight. We normally get up at 6 in the morning, but tomorrow we've got to get up at 4 in the morning. We don't necessarily go to bed earlier. We might even go to bed later because we're doing last-minute packing and whatever. So we set the alarm for 4 o'clock, and then we call the friend that we're traveling with. I say, Robert, would you do me a favor? Please call me at 4 in the morning. You say, yeah, sure, Jim, because we're traveling together. So go to sleep. I'm in a dead sleep. I mean sound asleep. And I wake with a start, and the room is totally dark. And I roll over to look at the alarm clock as the minute hand is going from 3.59 to 4. And zzz, the alarm goes off. Zzz, the telephone rings. But what really woke us up? It was the supraconscious, because it has excess. It's a time mechanism that can help us achieve the results that we want on a date and a timing that we want to have all of this completed. And I'm guessing that, that most of our audience is kind of chuckling, because I can't imagine anybody I know that hasn't had that experience. So that's the superconscious, but we go into much more detail of the benefits of the superconscious, how to use it, and of course, how to use the subconscious, and there are specific steps that we use toward achieving the goals that we want to achieve. Yeah. Now, would that be also kind of in the realm of Jung's idea of a collective conscious where people can access yeah. that kind yeah. of information? Yeah, the superconscious yeah. would be consistent with the the uh, information provided on collective consciousness. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so now for you personally, what, in what ways have you applied some of the um, Dr. Murphy's teachings into your world? You know, the, that real life application kind of thing. Yes. Uh, well, uh, the book is in two parts. And the first part is Murphy's original text in his book, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind, again written in 1963. Part two is what I, along with the resources I uh, have have access to, kind of bring the book into the 21st century. And I think a big, big, big part of that is how to effectively use affirmations in our goal setting. You know, I've taught affirmations for years and a lot of people have said you know I've tried affirmations but they just don't work for me 
And I said, well, give me an example of an affirmation you've used that didn't work for you. And the person might say, well, I wanted to lose uh, 20 pounds, so I created an affirmation, I'm not overweight. Well, if you think about that, the emphasis on that is overweight. (laughs) And so the person would say, I'd say, well, tell me what you do. Well, every day, you know, when I wake up, I have about 10 different things that I use affirmations for. And I'd say, I am not overweight. I am not overweight. I am not overweight. And, you know, here, 60 days later, I'm five pounds heavier. And I said, so all you do is just say the words? And the person said, yes. I said, well, you're missing steps, step two and step three. And I said, let me share with you how you would constructively use that affirmation because coincidentally, a few years earlier, I had put on a few pounds, and my good friend and, and physician said, Jim, you know, it would be beneficial to you if you lost about 25 pounds. And I took a deep breath, and I thought about that for a couple of days, and I said, you know, he's right. I'm going to lose two, I'm going to lose 25 pounds. I want to go from 225 to 200. So I developed the affirmation, first person present tense, as though it's happened. Not I'm going to, right. but I look good and feel good at 200 pounds. Now, what the others that were not having effectiveness with affirmations were missing was step two and step three. Step two, because this records in the subconscious, as I'd create a very visual picture of what it looked like for me to achieve that affirmation or goal. And this could be related to a bodily function like we're talking about or a new house that we're looking for or a car or a job or whatever. So I say I look good and feel good at 200 pounds. And then I'd visualize myself coming into the office in my new suit. And my employees say, Jim, you look so great since you've lost all that weight. And then step three which also records at the subconscious level, is the feeling that we have associated with the affirmation. So three steps, first person present tense, what it is we want to bring about as though it had happened, two, what that looks like, and three, how does that feel? And we go into this in great detail in part two of the book uh, and how to really effectively use affirmations. And I think... You'd asked a question. Uh, I, I guess this is what I learned from having originally gone through this seminar and then subsequently having taught it for uh, 11 years to really thousands of people, that uh, affirmations are very, very, very powerful. And again, think back to the crew on the ship, which is the subconscious, and when we properly give the instructions, they say, aye, aye sir, aye, aye, ma'am and they carry out the instructions as given to it by the captain, which is the conscious area of our mind. Yeah. You know, I I like the way you phrased that affirmation, because one of the things I think um, sometimes can be a challenge with affirmations is um, having one that the subconscious mind knows isn't a fact. Like, for example, I'm thin. 
when I'm not you know you know now what what you your affirmation indicated was virtually kind of like a a future picture of what you want to achieve versus a you know a, a current untruth you know because i you know I, I think sometimes that you know the you know, the subconscious knows i think you know that you're kind of lying to it <laughs> um i don't you know I, or at least maybe that's just been my experience is that, you know, that's the case. So I think by um, phrasing the affirmation in a future um, picture, visualization, then um, you're not denying any current condition. Yes, this is not denial, but we – Wanted, we right. want to do it in the first person present tense as though we have already achieved this goal. And we yeah. just continue then repetition. You know, don't give up on it. I mean, I didn't lose the 25 pounds in 48 hours. I lost it probably over 60 to 90 days. And this does not give me an excuse to move my bed next to the refrigerator. So <laughs> obviously I uh-huh. had to have made some other changes in the foods that I consumed, maybe increased my exercising and did the things that that I really wanted to achieve this goal. And and uh, mm-hmm. so it, it's 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 it sounds oversimplified, but it works so effectively. And I can't tell you the number of people that I had come back through the seminars who had previously been through the same seminar. We called them retreads. <clears throat> and they were really good to have in, have in the class because they would share the experiences that they had after having gone through Omega the first time and how they were stuck in certain one family that the father said that for 10, 15 years, every June, everybody in the family uh, got a common cold. And he said, that's just part of our genetics, I guess. We, we all get colds in June. And I said, well, that's a, a strong affirmation. We all get colds in June. Remember, an affirmation could be positive or negative. I said, right. if you don't want to do that, start to use the word we used to get right. colds in June, but we no longer get colds in any month. Anyway, he and his wife came back through the seminar maybe a couple of years later, and they were always great to have in the class. Usually a class was about 60 people, predominantly uh, husband and wife. And we, uh, when people would come through for a second time, we uh, lovingly and effectively, uh, affectionately called them retreads. We've got some retreads with us. And I said, who would like to share, you know, an experience that they have had uh, using affirmations after having gone through Omega? And the father stood up, husband and father of this family, and he, he told this story about 10, 15 years. They'd been to doctors. They'd been to whatever. It was just some genetic defect. But they just changed their self-talk. We used to have colds, but now we never have colds. He said, we have not, not one person in our family has had a common cold, not only in June, but any month for the past three or four years or however long it was uh, since they'd originally been through the program. So those are the kinds of testimonials that, uh, yeah. and, you know, it may not work 100% for everybody, but 
It has the capacity right. to if you stay with it, and maybe you've got to retool, you know, the language a little bit. But it's it's all there, and and I'm not bragging about Jim Jensen because I did not create this material. I'm bragging about Joseph Murphy and all the other great minds <laughs> who have contributed right. to this this field of study. Well, you know, uh, the the idea, I mean, it's important to have that personal experience of putting those ideas into practice and, and having, um, you know, um, that testimonial, you know, to, to its effect, um, because yeah. that's, yeah. that's what I think will get people, you know, um, thinking about or, or trying to, you know, apply some of those pins, uh, principles. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So um, we're, I just want to let listeners know in, in a couple of minutes we're going to be taking a break, and if you have any questions um, you'd like to ask Jim, feel free to call in at 619-789-4359. And those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions, feel free to pose them there. Um, now, um, earlier, uh, we you mentioned the idea of you know that kind of self-talk that we have, uh, 150 to 300 <laughs> words per minute. Um, in, in, when I posted on Facebook about today's show, I just the opening sentence was: if you have some um, mind chatter going on, <laughs> you know, definitely listen in um, because self-talk is a, is an important aspect to working with the subconscious mind. So can you tell us a little bit about, um, from your opinion in, in your work, why it's important and um, is it something that we can manage or direct or uh, how, how to best handle that monkey mind going on? Well, think of it in relationship to a computer. Uh, with a computer, we say garbage in, garbage out. And so the computer responds to the data input that is provided to it, which we call the software. The computer is just a hardware tool, mechanism, that provides for us the ability to read and review and see what data we put into it. So the software component is our self-talk. And I would really hope, I can't imagine a listener, if they're listening to your show and hoping to gain something from it, they're going to be much more aware, if they haven't been already, of how they talk to themselves all day long and what they say to themselves. And then we have a choice, and you don't want to run out and say this has all got to be fixed by 5 o'clock tonight. You know, I mean, (laughs) it took me several years probably, or I don't know how long, but uh, I'm I'm still working with this material. And uh, so as we – and it's great to get some small successes. You know, don't go out and say, okay, I'm going to walk across the lake today. Well, if you're going to do that, it better be frozen. But um, get some small successes, and you'll start to see – Fall in love with your subconscious and realize how it's just there working for you 24-7. And as you get some small, kind of fun, not life-changing necessarily, results, and you do it by the mechanism in which we're sharing on your show today, 
you'll say, well, let's turn this up a notch. You know, what are some other things that I would really like to bring about? And uh, and I think we become more aware of our self-talk. You know, if in our family we're saying to our younger son, you know, you're just like your older brother. He was terrible in math, too. <laughs> well, a young kid, seven, eight years old, I mean, he, he you know, this is data not intended to be destructive or not intended to uh, bring about that kind of performance or reinforce the performance. Uh, so we, we change not only our self-talk, but especially, uh, or in addition to, how we talk to others that we love. could be fellow workers, could be family, could be our spouse or partner, and it, it just all works. It all works. And it becomes a lifelong. It's not like, oh, gosh, if I do this, gosh, I can change my life in the next 24 months, and then I don't need to use this anymore. Well, no, it's a daily, lifelong part of our true being. That, And you know it's not taught in schools. So uh, that's why we feel so blessed to have been exposed to this and to be able to share this, not only through the book, but on Uh, programs such as what you do, your life is dedicated to this, to helping people grow and get more fulfillment in life. So uh, I compliment you and I compliment your listeners. (laughs) I compliment your listeners for tuning in because there's something that they received about the benefits of what you provide through your show, of all the things that you say on all of your shows. And that's what we want to do is attach ourselves to winning data input. And there's so many different sources. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and the, the one thing that I've noticed over the 10 years of doing the show in so many different topics of inspiration and, and motivation is that um, it – I, I just look at things so differently. <laughs> you know, once once I learn something or a perspective or an idea um, that maybe runs contrary to what I thought of before, um, it just shifts completely. And and now in, in talking to people um, just on, on a wide variety of topics, it, it's like I have um, – I have an opinion that's based on information, based on, you know, things that I've talked about or read about or, um, you know, that kind of thing. So um, it, it's just empowering, I think, you know, to, to become more aware of just the variety of thought out there. Well, and after you take the break with our audience, uh, I'd be happy to share some mechanisms on how we can get rid of some of the old attitudes, beliefs, data input that have been put into our lives that no longer serve us well. And that growth in that regard can become a process of subtraction, not just addition. But uh, I know you want to take a break for your audience, and maybe that's a subject we can cover when we get through. Great. Yeah, exactly. And I do want everyone to know, again, if you want to ask Jim any questions, call in at 619-789-4359. And for those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions, feel free to do that. And um, and then, yeah, why don't we come back, um, Jim? Part of your book um, deals with um, 
stress and tension and health problems and you know that that whole realm of um mind and body so when we come back i'd like to talk a little bit about that because right now there's a whole lot of stress going on you know and so i think we can maybe empower some people with that okay absolutely great everyone stay tuned we'll be right back after this very brief break hello this is robert sharp i want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. Our website ByteRadio.me has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is C. James Jensen. He is author of the book, Expand the Power of Your Subconscious Mind. Um, You can find out more about um, his book as well as his um, interviews and and articles and all kinds of things at his website, which is cjamesjensen.com. That's the letter C, James, J-E-N-S-E-N.com. Okay, with that, we're back, Jim. We're back. We're back. Okay. So um, stress, you know, I mean, we're in obviously within this, this COVID period, which is uh, just a, such a dynamic, has such a dynamic input, uh, impact on everyone's life globally. Um, so can you maybe talk to us a little bit about um, like what's contained in the expander expand the power of your subconscious mind what's what's included in that book that can help those who help those manage you know that stress and tension that we're all experiencing well i think first we need to increase our awareness of our self-talk and what are we saying about covid and what we're going through uh, that could not be positive for us. I mean, it creates concern, worry, don't sleep, and can disrupt our health. So knowing that uh, we have this lifelong best friend uh, as a huge part of our being, the subconscious, is it time to really sit down and say, what 
about this situation is making me so used to make me <laughs> so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And do I want to continue to feel that way? I want to be realistic in using language that, you know, uh, mm-hmm. am I am I concerned about what's going on? Yes, I am for the benefit of the whole planet. But I don't need, but I did not create it. I don't need to beat myself up over this. I don't, read, I don't need to induce incredible fear amongst my family that they got to go lock themselves in a closet and not see anything or anybody. You know, I mean, what mm-hmm. is a safe, safe way at the same time? We don't want to be careless, so we pay attention to what we learn about this. But it's something that we are all going through, and we all have the freedom to feel whatever we want to feel about it. So if somebody is all torn and up and emotionally distraught, we recognize their choice to feel that way. But if that's how we used to feel... We don't, and we don't, and we're not in denial that it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You know, we pay attention to the rules, and we stay. You know, the distancing and all these things seem scientifically to be what we should be doing. But we go about our day. We go about whatever we need to do, and it's just an attitude. Now, I have found that one of the ways to quiet the self-talk that's always, you know, jabbering in our mind, seems uh-huh. like non, nonstop, is through meditation. And I had read a lot about meditation when I was in my early 20s and thought it would be something that could benefit me. So when I was 20, I think 23, I went through the teachings of Transcendental meditation and was given what is called a mantra to where when we sit quietly for usually a period of 20 to maybe 30 minutes by saying this particular uh, word or saying Mm -hmm. it, it has a certain vibration to it that seems to soothe our minds and which results in soothing our body And my experience initially with meditation was that it was calming. It was, I felt really energized. I felt fresh when I completed the meditation. And this led me to multiple other avenues of dealing, you know, with our minds, with our bodies. I had studied gung fu from Bruce Lee in my early 20s, and that had led me to study then Kung Mm -hmm. Fu, the animal system of da-da. But then in the meditation field, I kept being drawn to different teachers, different people who had developed Mm -hmm. mastery in communicating this effectively to their students, to their audience, and I still do today. It's why I read what I read. It's why I accept the opportunity 
to be on a program like yours. You know, I, I wanted to join you today as an opportunity for what else I can learn, not just in what I'm sharing with your audience. So uh, uh, we we studied Tai Chi Chuan, my wife and I, when we lived in Portland, Oregon. We found a Chinese master. This is just a standing process. It's movement. And he came to our home every Sunday for seven consecutive years. And it was not a religion to us. It was just a different means of movement, not different than mm-hmm. going to a gymnasium and working out and doing, which I, we do also. But it, it was so uh, inspiring. It helped seem to calm us, open our minds. And our children were young at that time, and I think they, I know they benefited. So there's so many different things that we can explore. And, you know, we could take the whole show to go through and identify all those, and we don't have the time to do that. But just to look at other means of growth, uh, listening to people that have had those experiences, and when we see that as a potential positive tool, it will cause us to seek out what are some of these other dimensions and other things that we might just want to nibble at. And uh, so that's what I would have to say about that. Yeah, yeah, you know that's you know the idea of um, many different um, approaches, um, different um, like different uh, teachers, um, and that, that's it's the same with books. You know, there are probably you know, there are a lot of books dealing with Dr. Murphy's uh, material, but um, it's told through the eyes of the author and. And in that, there's usually a unique perspective um, on, on how it, you know, can be applied. Now, for our listeners, your background um, in, the, in the business world um, would, you know, they would, may be able to relate, you know, to your words and your expanded version of the of the book. Whereas, you know, maybe you know the original uh, Dr. Murphy's book maybe wouldn't kind of resonate. So I, I think it's I think it's really important that without uh, you know important messages and basic kind of universal truths to happiness, um, I don't think those can be overshared, you know, or that uh, there can be too many um, people, you know, presenting that information for people to choose from. Well, that's correct, and I, I'll share with the audience one story you. You triggered a thought that uh, I, when my wife and I were living in Portland, I had been given, ironically, by John Boyle, the owner of Omega Seminars, a copy of the book The Inner Game of Tennis, written by Timothy Galway. And I read that on a flight home from Los Angeles back to Portland. And I was so inspired by Tim's teachings in this book, The Inner Game of Tennis. And tennis is used as a metaphor. It could have just as been the inner game of life. That when mm-hmm. I got home, I started, uh, again, there was no place where I could Google Tim Galway, but I started calling different uh, organizations or whatever mentioned in the book until I finally got this voice 
on the other end. I said, are you Tim Galway? He said, yes, I am. <laughs> I said, well, Tim, you don't know me, but I know you, because I've just spent several hours digesting your book, which I'm so inspired by that I would like to invite you to come to Portland as my guest, Fly You First Class, to talk to our employees about what the inner game is all about. And he accepted that opportunity, and Tim and I became and still are very good friends. And at one time I said to him, Tim, enlightenment, I keep hearing about this this word enlightenment, the age of the dawn of enlightenment. What is enlightenment? And Tim always had a perfect answer for any question. He'd say, well, and he'd kind of look up, you know, high and allow the answer to come to him. And he said, well, Jim, and by the way, the last chapter uh, of the book is entitled Moving On, An Invitation to the Path of Enlightenment. And the chapter, uh, just before the chapter begins, I quote Lao Tzu, the famous Chinese philosopher, who said, in the process of learning, something is added every day. In the process of enlightenment, something is taken away every day. And he said, visualize, and then, not he, but as we wrote the chapter, to visualize an, uh, uh, a tugboat going through the water, pulling a big barge of garbage, and all the energy that it takes this tugboat to pull these thousands and thousands of pounds of garbage. Well, in that, in that example, all we need to do is simply cut the line between the tugboat and the barge, and it frees the tugboat up to move effortlessly through the water. So the question becomes, what garbage do we have in our barge from things we might have been told at a young age or learned or prior experiences that no longer serves us well. The only time there is, is now. There is no past. There is no future. There never will be. There were some past nows, but the only time there is is now. And when the future comes, right. when will it be? Now. So <laughs> right. we, we, we use a different thought for our readers to think of growth not just as a process of addition, but also as a process of subtraction. Are there certain things that we've continued to define ourselves? I've just always been inadequate about this, or da-da-da-da, or da-da-da-da. We just say, time out. That's in the barge with the garbage. I'm just going to discontinue that. So it's a very enlightening, no pun intended, but a very enlightening way to unfold and experience more of the fullness, the truth, and the beauty of who we really are, and not just that part of us that sometimes gets distorted and interrupted by data input that is not what we want or need it to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I've often talked about enlightenment and, you know, the 
the question was, um, is it ever an end point? You know, I mean, are you, is there one point you could say, I am enlightened, <laughs> you know, and it, it seems that, that you know, there isn't a destination, that, it, that there isn't an end point for an enlightenment, um, that it's, um, from my view, it's that it's a, it's a constant um, raising of awareness. And, and I like that barge aspect. And, and um, just in a, a hypothetical, in, in that kind of um, example, what would you say um, happens to that trash? I mean, is it in thought processes, is it possible to recycle that garbage into something that fuels, provides fuel, you know, for forward movement? Well, I think we need to continue. I, I think the number one affirmation I always suggest to people is I love myself unconditionally. The key word there is unconditionally. And we came into the world as a totally empty vessel. And through loving and well-intending parents, we were given a lot of data input. This is good. This is bad. This is right. This is wrong. Watch out for those kinds of people. You know how they are. And, you know, that's created a culture that we're still dealing with those issues today. Now, I'm just, for the moment, isolating this to the United States, but every country in the world has its own particular mm-hmm. image of who they Expression. are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. we're coming up on an election in a couple of weeks, and how many people in our country... Uh, vote for one party or the other because they always have. Their parents voted for that party. Their grandparents voted for that party. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we've always been a Republican. Couldn't imagine, you know, voting <laughs> for the other side. Mm-hmm. Or a Democrat. Are you kidding? We're for Republican? Those are just a bunch of da 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 da. You know, and I can so, fill in that. <laughs> and, it, and it's the same thing with, with uh-huh. a religion. And, yeah. uh, and and I'm not criticizing religion, but there are belief right. systems that right. we didn't create, but we inherited. And that's why it gets back to going away for a long weekend and taking a personal inventory. And, you know, it's something we can do with our spouse or even with our adult children. But what are the things that we have used to define ourselves? that may no longer be serving us well, that we don't need to do anymore. And and then yeah. growth, then growth becomes a process of subtraction. And most of us have kind of been oriented to think of growth always of a process of addition. That if we're here, right. we really want to be here, we need to add this. Over here, yeah, but we really want this. And But to embrace part of our growth, as a process of subtraction, what are the parts that we have clung on to for so long and passed along the food chain of life for our family, our employees, that is nonsense. It's no longer relevant 
to our life or relevant to what we fully can become. And then yeah. we just put it on the barge and cut the cut the line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of like you know, weeding the garden. You know, taking out your things that are going to be detrimental to having a you know full um, nursing crop. You know, great um, example. So, great example. Yeah. Yes. Well, guys, we're already down to the end of the show, Jim. So this hour has just flown by. Um, I knew it would because this is a, such a, an important topic. Um, so what what would you say maybe is um, an overall message or a couple messages um, from your book that you want the readers to walk away with from reading um, uh, Expanding the Power of Your Subconscious? Well, as I do with other books I've read that the teachings are so profound, I would recommend that if you choose to purchase, expand the power of your subconscious mind, uh, it's not like reading a novel that you have a beginning and an end. Oh, that's great. You put it over here. Think of it as a learning mechanism because that's what it is for me. I still take, in fact, I'm reading the book again with a highlighter and, and I'm highlighting certain things because since the only time there is is now, the definition of our nowness changes as we move along the timeline of life. And I'm seeing some things, I say, oh, that's fantastic. You know, because it's more relevant to something in my current nowness. I say, why mm-hmm. didn't I ever see that before? You know, I don't, I don't necessarily language it that way. But, uh, and along with your teachings, along with other powerful teach become don't perceive ourselves as just being learned and our school system is usually the more letters after our name the more learned you know we are but to go through life embracing life as being a learner it's a lifelong Mm -hmm. privilege privilege a lifelong opportunity your guests would not be listening to this program today if they were not already uh, learners and enhance the field of learning. Exactly. Well, Jim, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you for sharing your, uh, your book and, and your experience with us. Well, thank you for sharing your audience with me, and uh, uh, I love all of you unconditionally. Great. Thank you. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been C. James Jensen. We've been talking about his book, Expand the Power of Your Subconscious Mind. And again, you can find out more by visiting Jim's website, which is cjamesjensen.com. And that's the letter C, James, and then J-E-N-S-E-N.com. So, everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Byte Radio Me. Until we meet again, 
Remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.